Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. So we have a special mini-sode for you today, where Yay. we are going to be talking about the four-day work week, which Patricia just wrote an article about on our blog, which you should all check out. Um, so we think this is like pretty top of mind. Uh, we see a lot of people talking about it online, so I uh, thought we would weigh in. So um, Patricia, why don't you kick it off by talking a little bit about the post that you wrote? Yeah. So everybody's probably heard about the four-day work week, at least recently, if you haven't heard about it before, because Microsoft just announced that they did this experiment with their office in Japan and gave people a four-day work week over the summer. And they actually saw a 40% increase in productivity. So huge impact on their workplace. People got three-day weekends and they saw better uh, productivity overall. So I think this is really buzzy because everybody, I mean, I'm excited. I would love to have a four-day work week, right? Um, granted, I think the two of us tend to be passionate about multiple projects. So we tend to work more than five <laughs> days sometimes. We just find another one. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. But that's okay. That's okay, a right? A whole we day. Can, <laughs> yeah, we can do We can do that. Um, we can take that fifth day and use it all worker being. I don't know. But anyways... <laughs> The point is that there is, um, this is some evidence, some new evidence that a four-day work week might work. And when I saw this article and saw everybody posting about it and getting really excited about it, I decided, okay, I know that there's been research on this. I know there's been other companies and countries that have tried this type of approach. What do we know? And so I started kind of digging in to all the research and found that it's not a straightforward answer. Um, it kind of depends on how you implement the four day work week. So there's the way that Microsoft did it, where it was just, they just basically removed Friday. Um, and everybody came in and they still work their normal eight hour days or whatever hours they were working. But there are some people that do a compressed work week where in four days you're still working your 40 hours, but they're just longer days. So you're working 10 hours a day instead of eight hours a day. And that isn't as good as just removing some hours. So there's a lot of complexity to it and we can talk about it, but really what it comes down to is flexibility is the most important piece and actually reducing hours versus making longer days um, is more important than just giving a day off. Yeah. I think that's really interesting because, um, you know, the idea isn't necessarily one around configuration of time per se it's more around overwork I think and allowing mm -hmm. people to have some uh, flexibility to get other things done um, during a time frame that might be more convenient I think one of the biggest issues with traditional workplaces um, is that you know most of the world and the things that you have to do in life operate during the day and not as much at night so one of the nice things about having a more flexible schedule is that you can get things done during the day that you wouldn't otherwise be able to get done at night. Uh, so having a day off is a nice thing to be able to get those sorts of things done, get those errands done. But it seems like it's more about having, you know, lessened work hours so that you have more work-life balance as opposed to just like having a day where you cram a bunch of stuff in and on the other days you're like totally stretched from doing work. Um, it's more about being able to have more of a back and forth. Exactly. Yep. That's exactly right. So it really... I mean, there's not a lot of research, like there's still a lot to be done, 
But it does seem that if you compress the work week and have longer days, you don't see those benefits. You actually see more exhaustion. You see poorer physical health. And um, you do see complaints around work-life balance actually getting worse because it makes sense. Now you're at work for 10 hours. If your kid gets off school at 3, now you've got more hours before you're even able to get home or get to your family um, during that day. So just because you have that extra day off, that doesn't fix the evening problems. So you end up actually creating some more problems in some cases. Um, so that's the first thing, right? It's really, it's not about giving just an extra day because there's some research that shows that, you know, having fewer hours, but across all five days is better, right? You can have six hour days and then you give people a little bit more time each day to do those errands, to do whatever they need to do. Um, so they're not spending a full eight hours in the office. Um, so that, that has benefits. So it's not about four days, that there's nothing special about four days. And I think that's important to know. It's about that flexibility. It's about, you know, making sure people are working a healthy amount of hours that they're able to disconnect at night and do the things they need to do in their life. And the other thing that comes out is around whether it's mandatory or not. So there's some research that has shown that when it's mandatory, it's not great because some people like it and are excited about having four days, but other people like, especially if it's this compressed schedule, don't want to do 10 hour days. They want to do, um, eight hour days. So then they can get home earlier. Maybe they, you know, even if it's eight hour, four days, they would actually prefer to work a half a day on Friday instead of just doing four days. Like maybe it's more important for them to take those 32 hours if you're doing four days and split it across all five days so they can get home or pick up their kids directly from school instead of after daycare or something like that. So there's a lot of variability and it comes down again to that flexibility. So if you make it mandatory, people aren't always as excited about it as if you give people flexibility in their schedules overall. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I remember one of the earlier jobs that I worked in the um, supervisor for our team was like, oh, I'm going to start this new thing um, that's really exciting. We're all going to come in early, but then we all can leave early. And that'll help because no one will get stuck in rush hour traffic. Like where we were, the traffic was really bad. So his intention was really good. He was like, okay, like we're all going to, I'm going to make it so that we all get in around 730 or 8 o'clock, but then everybody can leave around 330 or 4 and that way we all don't get stuck in traffic. But the folks that had, instead of saying like, this is an option, he said, this is how we do it now. Like everybody's in at the same time still, but now we shift it around. But the folks that had kids were like, well, this is actually a huge pain because I live like an hour away. And if you want me in here by eight, I, that means I have to drop my kids off by so, at somewhere by like 630. And the school, like, preschool drop-off time doesn't start then. So they had to make all these other arrangements um, for figuring out morning time. Um, and it didn't actually help them that much on the back end because they still had their kids had to go to aftercare even if they left at 4, if they lived, like, an hour away. And so he was trying to solve this problem. But the reality was that it worked for him. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, it just wasn't something that everybody wanted to adopt. And it certainly worked for other people in the company. Like at the time it worked for me and I was fine with it. But, you know, it because it was mandatory, people were like, well, hold on, like this actually doesn't help me. And now I have to do this thing that you think is helpful. That's not actually helpful. That's a problem. <laughs> so um, so I think, yeah, like what you're saying, it's all about being able to choose. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, you know, if you're going into an office, if you 
um, aren't remote. And, you, you know, obviously we would advocate that there's some days that people can work from home. It doesn't have to be every day. Right. But I think that's also helpful. But if you have to go into an office, I think that the model that personally, I personally believe thinks about works the best. And of course, I don't, I'm not basing this on any research that I know of. There might be research out there. I just haven't dug into this idea, but the core hours model, because if you say, okay, everyone needs to be in the office between 10 and three, then you allow people to either, you know, they want to avoid traffic in the morning. They come in earlier. They want to avoid traffic in the afternoon or, you know, whatever that looks like. Maybe you avoid traffic by coming in later because you can't drop your kids off as early, like you said. And so you stay later at work and maybe that works better for your schedule. And, you know, we keep giving kids as an example, but there could be a million other things, right? Like maybe you have, maybe you take dance classes at night and if you shift it, um, if you shift your schedule in a certain way, then you can't go to that, da- that dance class. So like instead of adjusting the hours to being very specific to the leader, whoever has control of these hours, um, it makes sense to have core hours where people are in, in the office. And that's where you have mo- most of your meetings. And then if you really want to be flexible, if you want to avoid traffic, if that's important to you as a leader or as an organization, then you can make the, the decision about whether people want to stay late or leave early or however they want to handle it up to them instead of, you know, mandating certain times that just don't make sense for everybody's schedules. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, it also is always important to ask questions about the context when you see like, oh, this change was implemented and it had a positive effect. It might have a net positive effect in certain contexts. It probably depends on what their workforce is like. It depends on other contextual cultural factors. It might depend on, you know, um, you know, how things run, what's the timing like um, for folks. I mean, this was in Japan. I don't know enough about that cultural context to understand what that might mean in that context that could be different in a different context. Um, so I think it's always good to ask questions about when you see something like this, not just like, oh, it worked for this company in this place, so it's going to work for me in my place. It really helps to ask those questions of the people that actually work for you. And usually when you ask questions about what people prefer, you find some variability. And so even if you see a net positive impact of a policy, the variable policy is usually the one that's most pleasing to people because it's customizable. So Mm -hmm. if you're in a situation where you can customize, you're going to hit, get the most brownie points with the most people because that just is the way it works. Exactly. Yeah, I think... I think it's important to walk away and say, okay, what Microsoft did is great. It's cool. We're talking about flexibility in a different way. Um, And from the things that I do know about Japanese work culture, it's probably pretty innovative in Japan um, Mm -hmm. because I know that there is a kind of a different work ethic, even probably more extreme than the U.S. But, um, you know, if you look in Europe, they've been doing some of this stuff for a while and testing out four-day work weeks. That's not an uncommon thing out there. And... You can see, um, I'll put the article, a link to the article in the show notes, and I, I link to it in the article that I wrote for the, our website as well. Um, there's this article that went through different companies that tested this and different ways that it worked and which ones saw benefits, which ones didn't. And there's, it's different. It varies a lot. Like some companies decided we're going to do four day work weeks just in the summer. So now you have um, a summer Friday off for, the, mm-hmm. for your summers, right? And they saw people love that. Some and but what they did is they just had 32 hours a week for summer and then the rest of the year you worked 40 hours a week so I'm sure that transition is never easy but yeah it's kind of a nice perk um 
you know, and then some companies did more of this flexible work style, right? Like you can come in a half day on Friday or you can work more hours the first four days or you can do whatever. Some some cases they needed to do. Um, some people had Friday off. Some people had Monday off because they had support centers and call centers and it wasn't reasonable to take everybody off on Friday. Um, so I think that there's multiple ways to approach it. But I think the overall message across all of these different ways and all of the research that I've seen is, again, like you were saying, that variable policy, that flexibility. So figuring out what's going to work best for your business, but how can you make it work so that all of your employees are seeing some sort of benefit and are not being forced into situations that actually are more challenging? Because yeah. it's not always one size fits all. We know that. And so I think it's important to think flexibly about the length of your work week. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think also, you know, it gets harder to do to allow variability the larger your company is, but you can allow for variability with structure, like you're saying. So, you know, maybe you say, okay, well, it's helpful for people. People can get just as much done in 32 hours as they can in 40 hours is maybe a takeaway. So how do mm -hmm. we structure those 32 hours then? Um, well, if you make sure that everybody's mandatorily filling in those 32 hours, and even if you said like you need core hours or whatever to make sure people are um, available to work on team projects or whatever the case may be, even if you're scaling something large, you can allow for some flexibility within a structured system. So there are mm -hmm. still rules. It's not like a complete free for all, but you know, you're still able to scale it. Now, that being said, there are large companies that kind of just say, as long as you're getting your work done, we don't really care when you're in. If you can be productive in four hours and get everything done and no one knows you've only been here for four hours, good for you. Like, um, so there are <laughs> companies that are, that are able to, or are, are more willing to allow for that, like really unlimited flexibility. But even if you're not in a corporate model that allows for that, you don't have to see it as like turning everything upside down to accommodate this. You can think about how can we take the principle, put some structure around the principle, but still allow for, you know, organized flexibility. <laughs> I like that. Organized flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I saw that I found really interesting because I didn't know about this, um, is how our idea of a work week has changed. And it talked, this article talked about how in like the, the late 1800s and early 1900s, 65 hour a week work weeks was normal. Hmm. And we then scaled back to 40. So who's to say what the right number is, right? It's kind of arbitrary in a lot of ways. And we've kind of been conditioned in certain countries and cultures that that's the appropriate number of hours. And, um, you know, if we're starting to see that there's benefits of having fewer hours and we're still seeing the same productivity and the same amount of work being done in a shorter period of time, then it may not make sense to stick to this arbitrary 40 number right? We can do whatever makes sense. So I think there's still some room to do some research. And again, I, like you were saying, Katina, I think there's a lot of variability in terms of the type of company, what type of work you're doing. Obviously that's important. That makes an impact. Um, like when we're talking about a four day work week, we're clearly talking about full-time employees, right? This isn't something that applies necessarily to part-time employees. So what does that look like? That's a whole different space, a whole mm -hmm. different beast of jobs and what that looks like and mm -hmm. you also are thinking about salaried employees because if you're hourly then you may actually hate a shorter work week because you right. have fewer hours so you're not getting paid for those hours totally so so there's definitely a lot of 
complexity to it. It's not just a simple, straightforward answer of we're only doing, you know, 32 hours a week. Um, because what about your hourly employees? Is that I mean, if you can bump up their hourly rate, then it might be fine. So it's just right. having to deal through some of these different issues, feel it out. And honestly, like um, one of the articles I was talking about, they said that Shake Shack had experimented and is currently still working on these four day work week models. And I thought that was fascinating because you yeah. typically think of like office structures and businesses where you're doing knowledge work in an office at a computer. And obviously at Shake Shack, that's not what's happening. Different so, model. Yeah. Yeah. So, and most likely all the employees are hourly. So they're clearly trying to make that work and happen and function. And so I think that there's a lot of creativity involved, but there's no rules. And I think we have to just remember that there aren't rules. Like you don't have to have 40 hours a week. You don't have to have um, eight hour days. You don't have to do anything in this specific way. And so it's okay to experiment and think about ways to do this differently so that people can have more flexible and healthier and more productive work lives. Yeah. I think just because something's normal doesn't mean it's like sacred like you're used to 40 hours so people will cling to 40 hours but why are you used to it why does it make sense to do it that way like we often justify what's normal because that's just what feels comfortable but Mm -hmm. I think it's always good to think like a little kid that's like but why but why but why but why you know like you stop (laughs) doing that after a while because you're like oh well why do I work 40 hours a week because that's what you do you know um and so it it seems normal because that's what happens, but that doesn't mean it's the best. It just means it's what you know. Exactly. Well, that's all I really had to share. I just thought it was a very interesting topic and I'm excited that a company as big as Microsoft is, you know, talking about this so that we can all get on board and think about work differently. Um, But I think there's still a lot more work to be done. Well, I'm glad that you wrote the post and I hope that people uh, go look at it after they listen to uh, this uh, segment because it <laughs> I think it's really important. I think it's really interesting. And that way, when you see people sharing it, if you're listening, um, you can weigh in and let people know what you think about it um, and tell people to maybe push pause a little bit on just trying to hack off a day and say it's more about the principle and less about the actual uh, four-day rule. Exactly. Yes. Well, we'd love to hear from you too. If anybody's experienced these different work um, schedules that we've talked about, including a four day work week, we'd love to hear your stories. If you have other thoughts or, you know, agree, disagree with whatever we're saying, we want to hear from you. So please reach out. You can find us at workerbeing.com. You can email us at workerbeing at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook at workerbeing. So we hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. 